What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Dope Life Podcast, the dopest podcast ever. And I'm, of course, your host, Coach AJ, Dope Life Coach, the dopest life coach ever. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. And if you could be oh so nice and dope and wonderful, of course, leave us a rating and review. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated because, you know, I'm on a one-woman show. So if we can get this podcast out to people just like yourself, that they can, you know, tap into that self-confidence, that growth and the clarity and living and loving a dope life i have a great guest on uh, a fellow podcaster as well um i was on her podcast and um you know i said yeah well originally i said yo you want to hop on mine and then we just decided to just do back and forth and you know here we are today and why don't you go ahead and you tell people who you are little about yourself you know all those good stuff go ahead awesome hi everybody i'm kersha uh kersha johnson of the other side of fear podcast i am also a one woman show um i invite <laughs> guests on though um do a lot of interviews with different type of guests um professionals different walks of life um talking about their talking about all the things that has held them back when it comes on to their personal affairs that mm-hmm. um comes from a lot of trauma or insecurities conditioning conditioning that they receive whether from their culture their parents or society so a lot of that stuff a lot of the podcast talks about it gets into a lot of heavy stuff (laughs) it gets into a lot of heavy stuff that literally just keeps us stuck Mm. and um prevents us from moving forward in the in the direction that we'd like to prevents us from living the life that we envision for ourselves and just Mm -hmm. being and living authentically so that is what my podcast is about and i know coach aj we had a great (laughs) conversation absolutely a lot of what she talks about is in line with what I talk about. So mm-hmm. this is amazing. I'm happy to be here. Two things, you know, tell the people what the name of your podcast is, because um, it's a very profound, you know, title. And like, how did you come up with the title? The Other Side of Fair. It's called The Other Side of Fair. I came mm-hmm. up with a title from just my own personal experience. This podcast is a personal a very very close thing to me because mm-hmm. I the same things that I address on the podcast are exactly the same things that I've experienced in my life and the other side of fear came out of my own fears my fears of showing up in the world bringing my full self to the table my fear of chasing those dreams that I've always wanted to chase, chasing those goals that I've always looked forward to because of the lack of confidence, um, insecurities, trauma, negative self-talk, limiting beliefs. So that is what that came out of. That came out of my own experience with my personal fears that has held me back. And I wanted to use that as a platform to bring people on who are going through the same thing so that others can know that they're not alone Mm -hmm. right because when you're going through something like that it's so personal and 
oftentimes you feel isolated. Most of the times you're kind of left with your own thoughts. And for me personally, that took me to a dark place a lot of the times. And being in that place by yourself, it's not fun. So I wanted to use it as a platform to encourage others, to inspire others, to motivate others, people who have experienced things that things similar to me or not even, you know, of course, we all have different experiences, but the emotion that comes out of it is the same. Our experiences are unique to every individual, but the fear and the lack of confidence, the insecurities, those emotions, those feelings are always the same for all of us. We all experience those things. And I always, I, I also wanted to speak to people on the podcast, people who have experienced that and has gotten through that on the other side to show mm-hmm. that it is possible that no matter how big and scary something seems, um, regardless of how impossible it seems, it is possible because someone has done it. You know, someone has found a way. And through talking to different people and going through their different experiences, it shows you different possibilities of how you can work through, of how you can work through those difficult moments, of how you can tackle limiting beliefs and how you can improve your confidence. So that's pretty much what it's all about. Just talking to people who are currently going through it, what that's like for them Mm -hmm. and what's next, what are the next steps for them and talking to people who have gone through it and who have overcome that and are now on the other side of fear, living their best life, thriving in their businesses, thriving in their relationships, traveling, doing whatever it is that they want to do, but most importantly, being authentic to themselves and living authentically. Wow, that's that's very moving and powerful. I mean, because like fear, you know, it's the false evidence of appearing real, right? We and we run away from it because we think that it's so real that we we almost create a picture sometimes of something that possibly hasn't even happened um, and the outcome of it. And if I could speak on my own experience when it comes towards fear, I used to be fearful of time. Like, you know, like how am I spending my time? Who am I spending my time? Because the majority of our days is working to some degree. And uh-huh. then there's that the moments of, okay, am I taking care of myself? Am I not taking care of myself? And sometimes we don't even think about it because we're too tired to think about it, you know, or the fear of moving on. And so uh-huh. being so afraid of moving on, being like in a sense looking at I'm grateful that I have the opportunity moving on or the fear to start you know there's so many people that will say I don't know how I should start how do I start coach and I'm like in the environment you're in look at the best way you can and you just start as my mom says one foot forward because if we hold on to fear it could trap us in almost like a hamster wheel or a whirlwind or or tornado and we're just in the middle of it because we're too afraid to take that leap, to take that step. And it's not totally our fault because society, which is made up of humans, we have had the same perpetuation, like 
of ideology of like fear is such a horrible thing. It's okay. Fear is a very natural feeling as well. Like being afraid mm-hmm. of something is very natural. Of course. But it, but it, it sh- we should also learn a balance between it not hindering us and holding us back from living our true life. And yes. Based upon, like, I'm sure you and I could both say this, you know, in terms of like being brought up in a Jamaican household, you know, being black women, we are kind of told, it's not told, but you could kind of feel it that we should be fearful of, of sometimes taking that leap and pushing ourselves first. And, you know, because we have so many hats that we wear and sometimes it's like, well, if you want to do this and you're a mom, well, what about the kids? Like, and that makes you feel yeah. fearful. Or if you want to do this because you have, you know, responsibilities, but, you know, da, 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 and you know, like, it holds you back. Mm-hmm. Fear is sometimes great, but sometimes it can really hinder you. Um, and I think if you figure out a way to master fear as a tool to push you forward, like that little fire underneath your ass in a way, yeah. <laughs> you know, fire underneath your feet. Um, you'll see how much you can grow, but it's also just getting on the other side of thinking fear is this horrible thing. Cause it, you know, as I said, fear is um, false evidence is false evidence appearing real. So it's, it's sometimes fear is not even, there's like a thing that I, I always say, like, if you can't hold it in your hand, it's probably not true. Yeah. If you can't hold I it like in your that. hand. It's probably not true. And yeah. that takes like a load off your back because, okay, well, I can't really hold it. I can't really see it. I know I'm thinking it, but I'm coming up with that. So maybe I need to pause to take a step back. Pause to take a step back. So I I, I, I love the title because I think the title, I, a lot of people are fearful. Yeah. A lot of people are fearful in life and we don't start and if I can learn anything from our elders, what they've all said was do the things that make you happy and don't care about what other people think. And don't worry about the fear of what they, what they would say or feel, or it's up to you. You know, the older you get, then obviously we slow down. And the last thing you want to do is be like, ah, I wish I could have done that. You know, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do it. That's so true. But another thing is that it's so hard. It's oh, so it's hard. Difficult. Because... I am not saying it's easy, y'all. I swear to you. It's so hard. It takes a while to master <laughs> all of it. And in in all honesty, um, you have fear every day, um, to some degree. You know, um, there could be different things that make you feel fearful. I think the the cool part about when you work with someone, whether it's a therapist or counselor, coach, whatever, is when you learn tools to not sit in it for too long. And you learn ways to look at the the gratitude aspect of it all. That part is so beautiful and crucial because, of mm-hmm. course, you're going to feel it. At the, at the moment, you're going to feel that fear. It's going to hit. But then eventually you're going to be like, you know what? What can I take from this? When you have those moments of what can I take from it and you realize you're shifting your mindset a bit, it makes a huge difference. But it's not easy, yo. I ain't going to lie to you. It's, it's very not- simple to fall into that little trap you know what i mean like (laughs) when you have a therapist to kind of walk you through that and help you it's Mm -hmm. it becomes easier it's a great tool because they give you those tools so i'm glad you Mm -hmm. mentioned um therapy um because it's just recently that people are starting to take mental health really seriously yeah the thing is that 
for people of maybe or parents' generation yeah. and before, the, the society was not pushing mental mm -hmm. health and they weren't talking about therapy and they weren't talking about traumas and all these things, right? People just do what their parents did and they do what they knew and they, they, they did what their culture yeah. taught them, right? And what that value system, their family's value system and their cultural value system, they kind of adhere to that, right? Even if something seemed out of alignment with who they were, the pushback is a lot. So a lot of the times the pressure is there as well. You know, when you have family expectations, right? Family expectations, expectations of your spouse or any of those things, societal expectations, cultural expectations, the pushback is a lot, especially coming from that generation. Yeah. So you kind of just did what you're expected to do right very much the brain is like a computer the brain is literally like a computer and we know that of course there are biological determinants and things like that but for a huge chunk we are also products of our environment yeah. and if you are in an environment where you are exposed to trauma where you are exposed to certain beliefs, where you are exposed to certain ways of thinking and doing, that becomes your norm. Now, if something is a norm to you, how can you change it? Yeah. Right? Just like mm -hmm. when we were talking to talking about this um in our last meeting. Yeah. When we spoke about the norms, you know, the things that our families did, the things yeah. that parents do. And there were certain things, even for me, I didn't realize that things that happened in my childhood, that it wasn't okay until someone else pointed out to me that, hey, that's not cool. I'd mm -hmm. be like, what do you mean? Like, everybody did this or this so, was... So it's, it's a normal... You know what I mean? It's a normal like, thing, yeah. Yeah. So when someone else outside of that experience, someone that I met after moving to Canada, after being away from that environment, and, mm -hmm. you know, the people who I grew up around, when someone else point out to me, that's not okay then that's what really started to get Clicked me thinking. Yeah. yeah. And so then I realized, even though certain things in my childhood seemed normal to me because I was surrounded by that every single day, it was my norm. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to function in that environment. And well, my brain really adjusted to that environment. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. But my brain doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. So now when I'm in a different country, in a different environment, trying to do different things, I'm getting pushback from my own brain. Right. Ooh. Because now yep. those things are outside of what I'm accustomed to. 
So now I have to reprogram my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Yeah, I have to completely reprogram my brain in order to do the things that I need to do for myself. Yeah. So that is (laughs) that is the issue here. Right. So and that's why I said. It's easier said than done because it goes so deep. The brain is like a computer. Once it's programmed a certain way, it's it hard does to, what it's programmed to do. To do. You and, operate completely from your programming. But the cool thing about our brain is it's also like plastic because you could remold yeah, it as you go along, right? That is like, a good thing. It's you not can like reprogram metal. it. Yeah, you could actually reprogram <laughs> it. And I think once you kind of figure that out, because you're absolutely correct, like we are, and I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that we are a product of our environment and there's going to be a lot of norms that we are used to. And we may not think that we may think like, oh, well, you're weird because you're not doing this. And they're like, well, n- n- no, because that's not what that's. Yeah, no, that's this or this. Right. When mm-hmm. you take a when you remove yourself from that environment, it's kind of. Mind boggling. For the first little bit. It's super uncomfortable. And it's very much kind of like you feel as you're being attacked because your brain is like, what are you like, what are you doing? Because it's resistance. Now you're you're doing this. Now you have no 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 come 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 back this this side, you know? And and but you're resisting. And it's those moments of you also taking a huge step back and reevaluating. And it's not the easiest. Let me tell you something. And I'm sure anyone could could attest to this growth is uncomfortable healing is uncomfortable Uh and part of all of that too is realizing what is no longer going to serve you moving forward but the other part about it is holding yourself accountable moving forward because i i don't i don't know and maybe you could tell me i'm like are we really honestly trying to say that we were taught to hold ourselves accountable? I don't know. No. Because I don't know. Listen to me. The <laughs> I was really thinking about this the other day. I'm like, were we struggling with that this day? Hold like, who accountable? Who, that's who? The, <laughs> because like I look at like a family perspective and I'm like, which one are, actually hold yourself accountable? Like some of y'all mm-hmm. have a tough time doing it. And nope. you, it's it's seen as an automatic attack. And I don't know who, if anyone else could kind of see it. Some people would see like, oh no, you're attack, you attack me. And I'm like, no, right? You're not, right? And I think when you see people do that around you in an environment for so long, then you say, oh, so that's what attacking looks like. All right, bet. And now you automatically get into like defense modes. Yeah. And then when you when you're arguing, it's with someone or having a disagreement, automatically you say attack, yeah, attack. That's what you're thinking. So, but that's again a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. It, it's down to even like how you think about it, like how we cook or a day to day living product yeah. of our environment. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some great, great things we learn, but those little in between things that we're not aware of. When it comes and disrupts a little bit of your life, you're kind of like, oh, what is like, you're confused. You're yeah. honestly confused. And that's why the the point of what you said in terms of fear, you're right. It's not easy. It's easier said than done, but I still deal with it even now. I'm human. Me too. Like, I'm, I'm a human being. 
I'm still gonna yeah. have those moments. My parents yeah, didn't go anywhere. I just have a better never. way of managing them. Did you say your parents didn't go anywhere? No, my fair. Oh, my fair didn't go anywhere. We just know how to manage. Yeah, we have the tools yeah. to manage them a lot easier and or a lot more efficient versus sitting into it because because obviously something like fear can take over your entire body right Mm -hmm. we just talked about the brain and it being like a big huge computer but it could affect your overall health right with anxiety it could produce all these things depression so on and so forth yeah but the moment you kind of say uh-uh we ain't getting there and you decide to work through those moments of fear you'll find that it's far it gets easier over time but it also means you have to be consistent with it that's at least what i definitely know absolutely you have to be consistent with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Share time. You mentioned, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I you love, go ahead. I love the fact that you mentioned um, accountability because mm. we can't mm-hmm. learn how to be uncomf- um, accountable because we didn't see our parents being accountable. Mm-hmm. You couldn't question them. You couldn't question their choices. Question you couldn't, who? No, like- you couldn't. You couldn't question them. You couldn't back talk, as they always say. You couldn't mm-hmm. if they're if they're scolding you for something, they expect you to just take it, just stand there and, take, there it and take it and have no emotion. Like you know what I mean? It's like Yeah, exactly. And then later on when you talk to them about these things, zero yeah. accountability. Zero responsibility. Yeah. No one wants to be accountable for what they did and how they did it. And they think that it's okay, right? Or they excuse it away. They justify it away, right? Well, I yeah. got worse when I was a child, so you're lucky. <laughs> Those kind of things. So, of course, uh-huh. we can't learn how to be accountable if the people who raised us refuse to not, be yeah. accountable. Right. Um, so that is something that I also had to teach myself how to be accountable. I don't do that shit to my kids. <laughs> I would never. Like you're literally asking them, they'll say, cause I said so. And you're just like, but why could I just know why? Cause I said so. You're like, that means that, 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 like what? Like that yeah. okay, I'll, I'll walk away cause I'm frustrated, but that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I want my kids to ask me, like, hey, ma, like, I'm just wondering, like, how come I'd be like, all right, well, I'll break it down to you, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You may not fully understand it now because you're a little young or if that's the case, but X, Y, and you Z. You may not like, agree. You may not like it, but this is why I made this decision. This is why I made this decision. And it is in your best interest. You best might not understand it now, but you may come to understand it later. Yeah. You may not get it fully right now, but yeah. You, you'll you'll understand it later but right now yeah. my, my job is to make sure that you're protected and taken care of and that's what i'm doing and yeah that'd be that but my my parents just said because because i said so and i'm like that i'll never forget my yeah. mom to say that and i stopped asking why because i just i was frustrated so yeah. frustrated and you're right in terms of and i don't i can't even say that's just our household but we're going to speak on behalf of just the caribbean type of aspect because of our background but i'm sure there's been many other households that went through the same thing where it was um pretty much told 
you know, because I said so or no accountability. Or they saw well, you as being disrespectful my... for asking questions. A question. Yeah. How you mean you're going to get mad? And now, and the, the, like, the part about that. You? The part about that that's so ironic, kind of. Now we're, in a sense, the parent, right? Like, you're a bit older now. So now we're taking care of the elders. And if you tell them, God forbid, like, hey, I don't want you to do this because if you fall, like, you know, it's going to be hard to get. Well, why can't I do it? And I'm actually giving, you know, I'm not saying like I have to go through that yet, but I'm like, I would actually give them an explanation. And I know for a fact, <laughs> for a fact, it's going to be such a role of reverse where yeah. I may actually have to say, because I said so, just <laughs> just to feel like, ah, how's it feel now? Like, how's it feel? Like, you know, you like, like, that, you. yeah, you know, like that, did you? Because shoot, man, like, my pops is 76, my mom's 70, and sometimes I'm like, sir, you're not 16. Like, could we... Well, yeah, go pan the ladafa. Come off. Like, it's... But it, it's also that... That moment of knowing... I guess it's a scary moment of knowing... Um, and I don't think this is talked about a much, but we could definitely touch on it, you know, since mm-hmm. we're on the parent track, of knowing, like, being scared of when our parents do get older. That's a huge fear of mine. Like mm-hmm. that, if we're talking about fears, that is a a big weight of fear. You know, like yeah. it's it's not like they are getting any younger and they're slowing What's down. What's your fear around that? Who? Not you asking me the questions. I mean the 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 fear <laughs> <laughs> the fear around it. Honestly, is just plain and simple, like losing them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like my parents worked so much. Just the first time that I've been around them the most, even though I'm an adult, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a great feeling to have them still around, but it's super fearful to know, well, crap, you're getting older, you know? Like I, like they're, they're about to go on vacation. They'll be back by the time this comes out. And, um, my brother and I, and my sister, my sister, I tell them this is the first time them going to a hotel. They usually stay nice. at family, so they're going to a hotel. It's a wedding, and then they're gonna stay at family. We have to tell them like you have to tip, you know. We have to tell them about the safe, Aww. and it was like we were teaching them. But in a in a grand scheme of thing, I'm like, yo, just don't drop, like don't drop at the airport. Don't like, please, yeah. I don't want to get a phone call. Like, just take your time, walk. I've told them, I bought them comfortable shoes. Like, literally, I've turned it to the That's parent. Really like. Sweet. But at the same time, I'm just like, just come back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just just make it Aww. back. Because it's, it's scary. Like, they're, you know, the older they get, traveling is different. Yeah. So I want them to live. I want them to enjoy their life. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's super, it's scary to know, like, where they are in their life. Like, my dad's 76. Yeah. 80 is not that far away. And... Yeah, it's, I'm sure he was going to hit 100, to be honest, but I'm, just, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it is fearful. Like, it's fearful to know that, yeah, one day they won't be here. I know one day no. we all won't be here, but that is my fear. And there's an, honestly nothing that could really wrap my brain around that, except just being grat- grateful I had them in my life for this mm-hmm. long. For this you know, long. Like, 
for this long. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be 35 and my, my sister's 50, my brother's almost 40 next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we were all turning that age, my, sorry, I remember when my, my parents were turning that age and now, you know, they got to see us kind of turn that age uh, minus yeah. the 35. I wasn't here yet, but, um, you know, see my mom turned 50. I remember my mom turning 40, my dad turning 40. I, you know, I remember these things. So it's kind of like, shit, like you're not going to be here when I'm elderly, like in a selfish, in a selfish way. I would love to still have them, you know, kicking around and I know. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Just watching them slow down. Like what the fuck? Being just, just having that gratitude for the time that you have with them yeah and just trying to just being present every time you're with them you know Mm -hmm. even if it's just on a phone call be a hundred percent present on that phone call and when you see them being a hundred percent present and that is the most important thing just being present with them all the time yeah yeah those memories and it's it's quite easy for us to forget to put our phones down and yeah. to be present and distractions are a lot right so when you're around <sighs> mom and dad just be present be present talk to them laugh with them go get ice cream or something i don't know that's what i do with my <laughs> oh, grandma oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm. They don't drive, so wherever they gotta go is, you know, it's between the three of us in a nutshell. And yeah, and we don't mind, obviously, because we actually like our parents. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm saying some people don't like their parents, right? I I get, and I I get that. I know. Um, but at the at the same time, my my mom, my dad type people, like you know, they're retired, they have more time, so if they you know, we're just going to the grocery store. I'm like, and you want to come? They're like, yeah, sure. You know, like just to mm-hmm. be around. And those exactly. moments, yeah, those moments are key because as I said, my like my parents worked. My mom worked nights. My dad worked afternoons. You know, they didn't have no car. So they had to take the transit everywhere Yeah. Um, back in the day. So, you know, I think it's, we all have fears. See guys, like we all have fears. Like my fear is like losing my parents like that. And I think that's a natural fear for a lot of people. When you yeah. hit around this age in a in a way, um, because you've noticed like changes happening, you know your yeah. parents are slowing down. It's it's super, super scary. Um, Luckily, my parents are still young. <laughs> you know what? Blessings my mom to that. Me young, but you know, anything can happen. Nothing is promised. Tomorrow is not Nothing, promised. Yeah. But yeah. So whenever I'm with them, I'm a hundred percent present. You're with them. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent present. I'm having fun. I'm laughing, helping mom cook or do whatever she wants to do. Go in the backyard with her, chill and watch TV with my dad when I go see him. And all that stuff's good for our own mental health as well. Yeah. You know, to put down our devices, be present. Um, as you said before, distractions. I was thinking about it literally like yesterday. You know, when I was growing, when we were growing up, like I think the only distraction distraction we really had was like the TV, really and truly. Yeah. And I I don't know about your mom and dad, but mine would just shut it off quick. Like I didn't quick, spend quick. a lot of time watching TV growing up. I didn't. Oh, man. She- yeah, no, she would shut off Sesame and- Street or something look, like look, that. Look, 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 yeah. 
Tweety Bird. Yeah, <laughs> Looney Tunes and Little Batman and stuff. But yeah, I don't that. There was nothing else. You know, like owning a video game was very scarce. That wasn't happening. You know, you had outside in your imagination. That's literally all you had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the whatever toys or sports and stuff, like that's it. And now the amount of distractions that is Let out there. Crazy. crazy. And we want to talk about anxiety. Outside. Like playing you want to talk about anxiety and shandy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, I remember passing by parks as a, even as a kid, the parks are packed up and now they're like not as packed as they were before. But I think yeah. that also has to do with like, oh, back to fear. Like parents have being fearful of sending their kids outside compared to like back in the day. I think That's there's a little true. bit, I think it's a bit different compared to like what it was then. Not saying like nothing happened then, but I think it also had to do with that and also cost of living was low so parents could actually be around their kids far more probably than compared to yeah, now where a lot of too. parents are working 10 times more um, or twice as much just to make ends meet right but um yeah. i kind of have it, that fear too though I what do you mean the park with them you have i a don't fear? let them i don't let them go to the park by themselves i get that though i don't just, I don't, I don't know anyone that people. does. Yeah. I see, and that's and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody around my kids, and and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like that, that's another fear. Yeah. Like uh, as a parent, like I'm sure you have many. Like yeah, I ain't gonna let no child, no nobody around my child. Like ain't no way, mm-hmm. right? Like no. you, nowadays, it's just so. Maybe it just wasn't. Maybe it was hidden back in the day. I don't know, but I compared to now, I just find like. I was watching this video and this guy was saying like, you know, Halloween's just not the same anymore. Um, Kids actually would go door to door with their friends, whatever, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever the case was. You would see more decorations out. And I I had to take a step back and I was driving down near my parents' residential house. I'm like, this this area used to be filled with Halloween decorations. Like, this is kind of sad. Like, you know, and my mom's like, yeah, no one's really doing it, I guess, you know hydro after COVID, it got worse too. it got and that's the thing after covid it got yeah. 10 times worse so people yeah. don't want to be away want to be you know distance and stuff like that yeah but it's just it's kind of like sometimes what i fear especially for the generation for you know after it's like the kids now the younger generation is that they're missing out on so much and i understand these are two separate generations but i'm like mm-hmm. i actually feel somewhat sorry for them because there's so much that they could have had and now we're at the position of we should, like these kids are sheltered they're yeah. <laughs> inside far much more um yeah. than it was before and you're right after covid it was far worse you know yeah but i'm like damn but even prior to that it was y'all weren't going outside barely Mhm. But I I make a I'm very intentional when it comes to my daughters. Mm. I, I go to the park multiple times per week. Nice. Yeah, I don't let them go alone, and I take them trick or treating. Nice. Them, my partner and I we go trick or treating with them and things like that. Would I let her? Would I let them go trick or treating alone? No. Actually, I'm glad I didn't because my daughter, when she was seven, 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she broke her arm on Halloween. Oh. In the worst way. Poor thing. It was sad. Yeah, because we were, it was, um, so usually me and the other moms in the neighborhood, of course, you know, we all live in the same neighborhood because our kids go to the same school. Mm-hmm. So we all usually meet up at that bus stop where the yellow bus picks them up. Oh, okay, cool. And then, yeah, so my daughter's best friends, her mom and my daughter's best friend, we will go trick-or-treating together with the other moms. And so we were walking <clears throat> down this path in this neighborhood, beautiful homes. At this time, we were still living in Mississauga. And some teenage boys, they were in, there was this home that we were passing and it had an SUV there. Mm-hmm. And the boys, they were dressed in scary costumes and they were in the back of the S- SUV. Now, the SUV is closed, so no one is expecting anything to happen. Right. So as we got closer to the walkway, the boys jumped out of the SUV no. and, like, scared the shit out of all the kids. So, of course, the kids went running in all different directions. Directions. My daughter, when she ran, she fell on this huge boulder. There's a huge boulder Ooh. right at the entrance. You know those cute decorative boulders wherever she she ran into oh no yeah and she fell and broke her she had a three degree fracture a third degree fracture i know that was painful oh she that that scream i'll never forget it yeah i'll never forget that scream it was pure agony it was so bad imagine that she was by herself and you mentioned yeah those i hate to say it obviously we're all once big kids right um y'all need to cool out a little bit around the younger kids sometimes like Mm -hmm. just cool out and and i know you get you know we're they're trying to be kids and i get all that but there's some of the stuff that those those these teens do yeah that i'm like oh who teach you this stuff so it so, was so bad because like it back so in the day bad. we would give candies to the the little ones or be like okay little kids like we ain't gonna mess with them like you know what i mean like it's so different now and i maybe that's part of the reason why like parents are like nah if they can't do yeah. it they're just not gonna you know they're just not gonna do it or they're not gonna send i, I get it i wholeheartedly yeah it was bad understand. the walk back home was agonizing at, at you didn't the time even know it was broken I yet. Fell, I didn't even know it was broken yet, right? And I was trying to look at the arm, move it, trying to feel it in places. And just me gently touching it, she would just scream. Like skin, she would just scream nonstop. So at some point, she just held the arm like this. And she begged me not to let her move it. So she walked home holding the arm with the other hand. right because when she first put it down when she put it down um straight Mm -hmm. it was hurting too much and it it, i realized that it was a bit limp right so in my head i was thinking "Hmm, maybe she dislocated the arm Mm -hmm. right so i'm just like the arm looks a bit limp so i'm just like you know what baby just hold the arm walked all the way back home the whole way back home she was crying that 
that walk was agonizing. It was agonizing. Yeah. So now when we got home, because you know it's cold, so she had the jacket on and everything. So it's now when we cold, put the yeah. jacket off, I saw an irregularity in her arm. Not here. So I'm just like, the shoulder is fine. Yeah, it was arm. here. It was here. So this area, there was an irregularity mm-hmm. right here. So there was like, you could see something had shifted. So I'm just like, no. This arm we is broken. We're going to yeah, the we ER. Yeah, we hospital. Yeah. yeah. So we went to the ER. The doctors, they look, of course, they asked me questions. And they asked her to explain too. Because, of course, they want to make sure, you know. You didn't so, do anything. And there's no yeah, harm to so the child. Yeah, so they asked me. And then they asked her separately and everything. And they just put her in an ambulance and took her straight to sick kids. She had to do a surgery. Had to oh, have wow. implanted in her arm in three places yeah holy it was sad it was a really really terrible is... break jeez yeah y'all be easy this halloween please me i beg you like yes. just so i'm trick-or-treating with my kids every year I until they, they get were... sick of trick-or-treating oh for sure like <laughs> i hope i hope that i hope that um people understand i mean it's gonna be after halloween so i hope people understand Y'all just just chill out. It's okay, especially if you're a bigger kid. Like just, mm-hmm. just chill out. Obviously, I I don't have bigger kids listen to this podcast, but you know y'all y'all can tell your kids before they run out. Just yeah, just chill out. Like yo, like just <laughs> yeah. chill out. Just don't worry. You know everything's Gucci. But um, I guess like I have a, a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you like share a, a story? You know, you just shared that, but you know, where you had to prioritize your well-being because you're a woman of many hats. You mentioned you have kids, you have a partner, all these things. So like, can you share a story where you really had to prioritize your well-being, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to make a difference in your life? Um, I think there are so many examples. It's hard to choose because... I I was throughout my twenties. I was a single mom, mm-hmm. so there was just that experience in and of itself. Right. I think when I truly, I'll give you a most a more recent um situation, and this had to do with just a family matter. Mm-hmm. And during COVID, I stayed with my family for a bit. And I realized that, I quickly realized that it probably wasn't the best decision for me. Because even though I was working on myself and evolving in different ways, excuse me you're good in a lot of ways and this is not to say anything negative or to be negative um, everybody Mm -hmm. evolves yep in their own time and in their own way everyone has their own journey to go on right there were a lot of things that they still did that was not pleasing to me 
there is also this mindset that some family members have that are not conducive to creating and sustaining healthy relationships. So there was a lot of toxicity. There are a lot of habits, practices, actions that are not in line with what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things that were um, a lot of habits that weren't good, that were kind of even self-sabotaging in some ways that were unhealthy. And I realized quickly that being around them was triggering because I was being triggered from because because they were still exhibiting a lot of the behaviors that I experienced that I saw as a child and to now be a grown adult and you know COVID everyone was locked in together right by that time I'd left Mississauga and just came back east to just chill out with my family but a lot of things a lot has changed but a lot hasn't changed let's just say that and it was very triggering for me it was very triggering it was very unhealthy and it affected my mental health in the worst of ways I remember I was speaking with at some point I got a therapist at the time I was working on my master's and I realized I wasn't retaining any information. Hmm. I literally wasn't, wasn't retaining any, any information. I'm just like, okay, I've done this before. I have a whole degree. Right. I know how to study. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know as you get older, you're, the way that you study and the way that you retain information is different. It changes. Right. The way that I used to study when I was 20 is not the way I can study now in my mid 30s. Right. Right. So I knew that. So I had different studying techniques and nothing was working. I wasn't retaining the information. I would just go blank. I would read something, understand the concept, know how to apply the concept. But after that, I don't know what my brain did with the information. Mm-hmm. So this was weird for me. My brain, my head was like a cloud. I was just living in a cloud. So I brought this up to my therapist. And that's when she began asking around, asking about my my environment and things and the kids and the family and everything. and. You know, having heard the background and everything that was happening, she said, your cortisol levels are high. She says, because you're in that environment and you're consistently being triggered, your cortisol is always up here. And when your cortisol, what you're experiencing is a symptom of your cortisol is being released consistently right the cloudy brain the foggy brain all of those things 
right? And then, of course, at some point, the depression set in. So I decided that I am going to test this theory. So at the time, my partner, she was, <clears throat> she was still, um, she was up north. So she had a place up north, and I decided to go stay up north with her for a bit. So when I went up north, completely different environment. It was just me, her, and the kids. I realized that I didn't have any of those issues anymore. Mm -hmm. I was retaining the information. I wasn't, there wasn't this fog. There wasn't this brain fog, this consistent brain fog, like reading something, not retaining the information, thinking I understand the information only to find out that the information went somewhere else. Everything flowed so easily for me. Everything, everything just kind of aligned for me when I was in that space. I was at peace. I wasn't stressed. I wasn't consistently exposed to these triggers. So that's when I realized that my therapist was correct. Mm -hmm. So that environment was very triggering for me. And I realized, like, being able to get up and completely just take my way myself away from the situation and see the instant difference, I'm telling you, the difference was like overnight. It was like a switch. Oh, believe you. It was like a switch. And no, I, I said to myself, I can't believe that. I can't believe that this thing still has this kind of an impact on me. That even in my, you know, at that time I was in my early 30s. I'm still being affected by this in this way. And that's why I'm just like, after that, I'm just like, no, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> Because mind you, I yeah. was away from my family. I lived far away from my family for so long. And they always complain, oh, you're too far. You need to be closer. You know, we need to see the kids more and all these things. I'm just like, okay, cool. So COVID was like that perfect, you know what I mean? I'm just like, okay, mm -hmm. cool. I'll come closer. I won't only come closer. I'll come stay with you guys and we'll all, you know, be together under one roof. Everyone will be chill and happy. and. <clears throat> we were chill for a few months, but the chill didn't last that long. Yeah. The chill did not last that long. It didn't. So that was, um, and at the same time, there were, it's funny because I feel like it needed to happen because there were a lot of things that, there are a lot of realizations that I had during that time that I didn't have before. I haven't spent so many years um, away from my family mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that I didn't see you know I know that there are certain things there but I didn't see how deep it went right and so I realized that my perception of a lot of um, of a lot of situations were incorrect and my perception about some of my family members were also incorrect i felt a little bit almost delusional 
mm-hmm. delusional actually because what i perceived i realized that it was not that way and it was very hard to swallow to be honest so having gone through that having experienced that that is the most recent and one of the biggest things that i can recall that made it very necessary for me to completely put myself first and at the forefront and after realize after you know having my therapist you know going through all these things working on all these things that's how just like okay yeah i'm good yeah you... i love my family to death but, but i will never, <laughs> never you know what you know what like not in the it... same place no sir like there no. i remember i was i was contemplating going back home myself you know and i'm and someone had sent something to me they're like yeah you'll save all the money in the world absolutely but how's your peace gonna be and i said like, yeah yeah and that quickly made me yep. say oh yep listen look i love my parents comes before my peace listen with these high rates out here the mortgage rates the rental rates i will pay it <laughs> i will pay it facts facts all facts all facts i love my parents I will pay great people because but uh, my peace comes first first amen i to am that. not i am not the minute and i had i I had just had a, a, a relapse of just saying like, maybe I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should do it. And then once they said like a lapse, ju- a lapse judgment, when they said, nah, yo, what about your piece? I was like, you know what? You know what? That, yeah, no, we cool. Thank Love you though. Them Thank you death, for that. But... Love them to death. Great, great human beings. Yep. But you know what? But I'm glad for the experience because the experience. Oh, I'm sure showed me exactly where i needed to put boundaries Mm. i mean i was already establishing boundaries in general in my life generally Mm -hmm. but i didn't realize that there were certain boundaries that i needed to have and that Mm -hmm. experience allowed me to see where i needed those boundaries and who i needed them with because they were not there before and i said yeah my god had i continued (laughs) to allow this to happen to allow access a certain level of access to me you know as when i'm trying to do all these things with myself Mm -hmm. the disaster it could have been in the long run I don't understand what you're saying. I am happy for the experience. (laughs) I don't regret it. And now the boundaries are in place. There you go. (laughs) So we're getting at the end of our our, uh, recording here and our episode. I always ask everyone this question. What makes you feel the most dope? What make I what what makes me feel the most yeah. dope? So um, dope is like what makes you feel good? Like what makes you feel like you're the best of all best? Like what makes you feel dope? 
What makes me feel most dope is just being myself. Okay, there we go. Being myself, being quirky Kersha, quirky, witty, curious, you know, that's me. Just being myself because I went through a lot of my life with people. I spoke about this in episode that I did yesterday and people that I grew up around they created an issue with who I am I was too much too extra too you know Kersha is always trying to be different I'm not trying to be anything I've always just been myself that's just you you know so mind you extra you know as we know it is people usually describe that as someone that's right extroverted and they're everywhere and big and bossy they would say yeah you know what i mean and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with being extra but i wasn't that person i've always been extremely introverted I was mostly that shy child to the back or off to the side observing everyone else. Listen how bad this was. I had my birthday parties and my mom, she would rent these bouncy castles for all my birthday parties as a child. Mm-hmm. Where was Kersha? Inside the Outside house? Outside the bouncy castle watching everybody else. You know I what? was You're not just... in the bouncy castle. No, all the kids from the neighborhood was in the bouncy castle on all my birthdays. To the point where my aunt would get so annoyed. She's just like, your mom didn't pay all this money for you to stand up here and watch all the kids just bounce and you don't do nothing. Right? So there's times when she would like tell the kids like, you guys, get out. <laughs> like, get out. Right? And now she just like go bounce. And I'll just be so there by myself by bouncing for five minutes. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm good now. I'm good. I, don't, I really don't want to do this. Like, I never wanted to be the center of attention. That was never my thing, you know? So it's just to give you an idea of mm-hmm. how I was, of who I am, of who I was as a child. So growing up, when people would say that I'm being extra, or, you know, Karsha, she's extra, she has to be this, she has to be that. Or when I do something and they're like, oh, you know how she is, she's always trying to be different. Mm-hmm. She always has to just prove that she's different and whatever. Like, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it because I'm just like, what? Like, I'm literally just doing something that I like to do. I'm literally just living how I want to live. Right. I'm not doing anything. I'm not imposing anything on you. I am not interfering in your affairs. I'm literally doing something for me. Right? So so why do you take that personal? Why is it? Why are you taking what I'm doing for myself and what I'm doing with my life personal? So I, there's, you know, 
what going through my early 20s and my mid 20s when I didn't see how these things impacted my psyche. Right. I self-sabotage even in a lot of ways because it's as if I was trying to keep myself small so that I wouldn't be too much for people. Yeah. But now that I am aware, when I became aware of those things and became aware of the reality of the situation, the reality of my upbringing, the reality of my family dynamic, when I became aware of that and became aware of how that affected me mentally and how I, and, and the fact that I have lived my life from that programming and from that conditioning that I received as a child, I was just like, no more. I hear you. No more. So what makes me dope, what makes me feel dope is like, I am myself. What you see is what you get. Hey. That's All it. Right. You can choose it. to like me. You can choose not to like me. And I'm perfectly okay with it. It doesn't shift anything in my universe. So that's okay. what makes me feel dope. I don't care about what people think, what they say, people's opinions, people's problems is it's their problem. It's not mine. Absolutely. So yep, if you absolutely. have a problem with me, that's your problem. Because I didn't have a I don't have a problem with you and I certainly didn't create a problem with you. So if you have found a reason to have a problem with me, then that is your problem. That's not my problem. It doesn't shift anything in my world. So that's what makes me feel dope. Being myself authentically, living my life authentically, and teaching my daughters to do exactly the same thing. I love it. Love it. Love it. Being myself makes me feel dope. That's what's up. Well, thank you so much for having you on the uh, you know, the episode again. I will always say this, like, I'd love to have you back on, you know, on another season, season five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're going to be here for a while. Um, Definitely. All right, y'all, go ahead and definitely, I'm going to leave all your information that you guys go ahead and follow Kersha, check out her podcast as well. Um, Thank y'all for tuning in to another Dope Life podcast. Go, oh yeah, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, just saying. And again, walk with peace and love. Oh, 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 oh,